Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Sayla Prack. Today, I'm honored to have Rochelle McCoy joining me on the podcast interview. So a little bit about Rochelle. Rochelle is the managing principal at Titanium Investments. She's been investing in real estate since 2017 and currently controls over $6 million in real estate assets in Florida and Illinois. Rochelle is now focused on multifamily investing while giving back to the local communities and charitable organizations. In her spare time, she's a mother of three very energetic boys, wife, and dedicated advocate for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and the St. Jude Runs organization, helping raising over 135000 since 2011. So, Rochelle, thank you so much for spending time with me today. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Taylor? I'm doing good. So, Rochelle, if you don't mind, can you please share a little bit more about your background and how you get started with real estate? Uh, That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I got started in real estate about six years ago. And uh, I've worked a full-time career, you know, in business for the past 20-some years. And I was at a, a point in time six years ago where I had a situation come up with my job where I wasn't laid off, but my job was eliminated. Um, thankfully, I still had employment at my company. They shifted me to a different role, but it was really a job role that didn't suit me well. It wasn't a career path that I wanted mm-hmm. to be on. And for me, that was a big eye opener that I wanted to have a little more, not a little, I wanted to have a lot more control over um, my career path and my income. And I also wanted to have a backup plan should the next time my job get eliminated, um, I wanted to have, you know, some other source of income coming in that could support myself and my family. So Mm -hmm. that's where I discovered real estate investing as an avenue to do that. And then over the course of the first couple of years investing in real estate, um, I really loved it. I enjoyed it. My focus shifted from uh, not just using real estate as a backup plan, as a backup source of income, but making that my path to financial freedom. So that's Mm -hmm. really the path that I've been on um, for the past few years is really growing my portfolio. And as you mentioned, I've uh, adopted a number of different strategies to do that. Um, to really create that uh, short-term cash flow and long-term wealth that we're going to need for our family to to live on from Got this it. point forward. That's awesome. And you mentioned about six years ago when that happened and you decided to pick uh, real estate as your avenue to build the cash flows uh, for the short-term and also long-term goal. Um, there's so many things out there, right? Uh, a lot of people can pick like side hustles, do different things. Why specifically real estate? My husband and I have always had an interest in real estate. We've Mm -hmm. been married for uh, going on 25 years. Um, And we've talked about, we had ever since we've been married, we've talked about getting rental properties, um, you know, doing something with real estate, but we never really had motivation to take action. And so Mm -hmm. that was really my motivation. You know, real estate had always intrigued me. Um, You know, people always need a place to live. People are always going to need a place to to work and do business. And, um, 
that really makes it a strong asset class that's never going to go away, mm-hmm. right? So um, between those two factors, that really felt like the right path for us to um, to start investing in real estate. Got it. And when you first started with real estate, can you tell us a little bit more how you get started? Like in terms of, you know, like, are you going in as like single family first, multifamilies and what type of asset classes that actually caught your attention at the time and making you taking that action and bought it? Yeah. So we started off buying a fourplex. We found a great property. We worked with a local bank to um, use some creative financing. We didn't have the down payment for uh, that fourplex. But we, through some creative financing solutions, we were able to um, to come up with that through some equity that we had in our home. So we bought a fourplex and then um, it worked out great. So we said, well, let's do it again. So we mm-hmm. bought um, a single family home after that. And then some fourplexes next door actually came up to the next door to the one that we already owned came up for sale. And so we ended up purchasing those. And, um, you know, over the course of a couple of years, we built up to 14 units. And after doing that for a few years, you know, that's when my mindset really started to shift from that backup plan mentality Mm -hmm. to how can I make this my path to financial freedom? But I knew that, you know, it it took me two years to get to 14 units. I was like, well, that's not really something that I can scale quickly. Um, And I know there's people in real estate that are able to acquire more units and, you know, generate more income and more wealth quicker than what I was doing. So I really went on a path to discover what were other people doing that Mm -hmm. I was not that can help me grow and scale faster. And that's really where I found multifamily investing as an opportunity to really create that long-term wealth. You know, it was doing essentially the same thing that I was doing in my smaller multifamily and single family properties. It was just doing them at a much larger scale. Right. It's it's essentially like house flipping when you buy an apartment community that's a, a value add opportunity. You buy something that's a little run down, you fix it up, you increase the the revenue of the property, and then eventually you sell it, right? It's right. just like house flipping, just a bigger number of units and a much longer time frame. And of course, you know, bigger budgets and, and all that goes with it too. So but yeah, that was that was really um kind of where where and how we got started. That is awesome. Um, you know, just, just want to say uh, congratulations on your success as well. So, um, you know, like 14 units within two years is not a small fit. You know, there's a lot of works, a lot of hassles to get that 14 units. I know you said that there are people that actually can get like more numbers of units than you are. But, you know, like there's also possibly 99% of the population that couldn't get the second unit within two years. Uh, you know, so congratulations to you and your husbands on that, on on achieving that. So, um, and also, you know, and um, you mentioned you uh, got, uh, you know, four plaques and then single families and then four plaques again and using the uh, creative financing, right? Um, you know, like uh, a lot of people so possibly would learn how you can do that as well as especially investing with, uh, um, you know, like with no capital equity down and come up with a good strategy to get to the first investment. Can you share that if you don't mind? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So we, at the time we bought our fourplex, we actually had some good equity in our personal residence that we were living in. So the local bank that we worked with, uh, family has a, a local farm. And so we knew the banker well. He knew my parents intimately because they were always, um, you know, interacting him with financing for the farm. So that always helped, right? It always helps to have that personal relationship um, with, you know, whatever banker you're working with. 
he gave us the ability to do what's called a wraparound mortgage. So essentially, we could dip into the equity in our home and use that as the down payment on that fourplex that we purchased. And so we were able to acquire our first couple of properties doing that. Um, And then once we had basically tapped into all of that equity, uh, we had to look at other options, right? At some point, you're going to run out of those creative solutions or that one creative solution is going to run dry and you have to find another um, avenue for that. So when we bought the second two fourplexes, we actually did seller financing. So we convinced the seller, they had a um, you know free and clear, no mortgage on the property. We convinced them to hold a note on the property for a couple of years while we went in and renovated the property. And then once we had the renovations done, we were able to go and refinance, pay off their the note that they were holding, and now we just own the property ourselves. Got it, got it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rochelle. And you mentioned about seller financing. It's probably one of the best strategies, especially with the current uh, high interest rates nowadays. And you able to talk to the sellers and sell two properties to you, right? Um, is there any tips uh, or recommendation that you can suggest for investors out there wanting to do the same thing to approach the seller with this uh, you know, difficult conversation? Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really meeting the seller where they're at, you know, understanding what it is that's motivating them to sell the property. Are they looking for, um, you know, just an immediate uh, bank of cash? They just want to sell it and be done with it. Are they looking for some ongoing cash flow, which are, you know, the particular seller was really excited about. She's like, oh, I can sell this property. I can get a big chunk of money now, but I'm going to earn income off of this for the next three years while I hold this note for them. And that's great for them. It provides a good service for the people buying, but it's also great for me because I get this ongoing income for the next couple of years. So, um, you know, when you really understand what the need is of the seller and the motivation behind why they're selling, it can help you kind of, you know, put together a package that works for both of you. Uh, that totally makes sense. And um, thank you so much for sharing that tips. And you also uh, mentioned that you had the properties and then you hold it doing your renovations. And after then, you would be refinancing it out. Um, you know, is there any tips or recommendation of how to um, making sure that you're running a successful business? I want to say fix and flip. It, uh, am I in the right path? Um, you know, like how you can evaluate the property and making sure that, you know, like you get the property, fix and flip and able to, you know, like refinance the entire equity out and uh, also paying the sellers as well. Yeah, I mean, it's the same concept as a fix and flip, right? You're Mm -hmm. just doing it on multi units. So Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you know, you know what your budget is. Um, You definitely don't want to overcapitalize yourself and spend too much on renovations, uh, you know, to the point where you can't get the money back out of it when you refinance or when it's time to sell. Um, So that's always something, you know, you need to carefully consider. And for us, this was our first property. So a lot of it was just, we were figuring out how it all works. Like, how do we interact with contractors and how do we interact with tenants and manage, you know, the the maintenance requests and how do we collect rent? And it was a big learning curve all, all at once. Um, but now that we, you know, after going through that, when I started to look at how do I scale this and, you know, kind of walked mm-hmm. into the multi, the larger multifamily world, right? We were already in the small multifamily world. But when we look at the large multifamily world, it's doing a lot of those things, but just making sure you can do it at a larger scale. So mm-hmm. how do I have better systems and processes to be able to communicate with tenants? Well, at a large multifamily property, you're going to hire a professional management company. You're not mm-hmm. ever going to try and manage that yourself. Um, how do we manage contractors effectively and how do we manage all the moving parts of unit renovations? Because you're always going to have, 
units that are being worked on. You've got units that are completed. You've got units that have leases coming up for expiration. So you need to make sure you've got those on your calendar and schedule, knowing that there could be some tenant move outs coming. Mm -hmm. You got a contractor schedule to get in there and get the work completed in a timely manner. So you can minimize your vacancies and get those rerunned um, up to market rates. So there's really a lot of moving parts to manage. And that's where I found I really enjoy the challenge of managing that and creating Mm -hmm. systems and processes around that to, um, you know, to make sure we keep everything on track. Got it. And, um, you know, I want to ask you about the system and processes um, that you use in order to effectively acquire larger properties and also managing larger properties, right? You already have experience on the smaller multi uh, units uh, before you scale up to the larger multifamily. Uh, you said that you wanted to scale up a little bit faster um, to a larger property. So what is the sweet spot that you see that consider as, oh, this is a larger properties and it's a really good sweet spot for you and your business. And it's not too big where it feels like, okay, I don't want to get, you know, like a 500 units, you know, as my first property or something like that. So what is your recommendation? You know, I I think it's somewhat on the comfort level of the investor and what they think they can handle. Mm -hmm. But I will say what we learned, my my first larger multifamily was a 40 unit. It was a lot of work um, as, as any multifamily acquisition is. It's a lot of work. But now that we look back on it, we could have had an 80 unit or a hundred units, and it would have been a little bit more work than a 40 unit, but not as much as just that 40 unit individually. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So yeah. um, again, once you know, once you get your systems and processes down, that scalability can apply to a very broad number of units. So there's not it's not like there's a magic number. Um, but I would say for most people when they're getting started. Tackling something in the 75 to 100 range might sound, unit range might sound really scary, but it's it's actually quite doable. You have to make sure you've got partners that have done something like that before. So you're not, you know, just walking into <laughs> to this on your own. Um, multifamily investing is very much a team sport, but um, taking down a 75 to 100 unit property um, is really not as bad as it seems. Rochelle, you mentioned a couple of things like, um, you know, you mentioned about the partners, you mentioned about investors, uh, you know, from your experience, how's that different scaling from like, you know, a fourplex uh, to your first 40 units, right? So how's that different, you know, like a fourplex, you were able to do like seller finance, you're able to do like, you know, tap into your uh, equity, the primary resident equities in order to purchase the property yourself, right? But uh, going to a 40 units, you know, completely different, right? You mentioned about investors, how's that difference? And how do you tackle like a large your property. Yeah, when you start bringing in private investors and you start looking at uh you know something that's as sizable as a 40 unit or above, you really have to look at that like a business. Not and not that I don't look at my smaller rentals that way, but I didn't have that mindset going in that I'm purchasing a business that I have to run. When I bought that first fourplex, it was like mm-hmm. I'm buying a building with four tenants and I'm going to figure out how to manage it and how to renovate it and and those types of things. When you're making that shift to larger multifamily, it's I'm I'm buying a business and mm-hmm. I need to make sure this business runs. So what are all the aspects of a business that need to keep moving? What are the things that need to get improved? Because if you're buying it, there's probably a lot of improvements that need to be made. Um, and you know, not just on the unit renovation side, but you know, in the the overall operations of the place, maybe in in the accounting and maybe with the the investors and the investor communications and relations. Um, how do I effectively run that like a business and and make sure that we keep all those moving pieces together? 
and your, you know, your investors are going to see quickly mm-hmm. um, whether you have the the experience and the the knowledge to do that. There's just a lot of moving pieces, so you got to make sure it's all effectively managed. Got it. And then also you mentioned about system and processes. Um, do you have any recommendations or suggestions uh, from your end? Uh, how can an investors or uh, learning more about how to run a, a managing a property, the proper ways, either of four units or either of 40 units, you know, what is the proper ways to run it and making sure that everything is going smoothly? I don't know that there's a, a right way or a proper way necessarily, mm-hmm. but find a way. And the easiest thing to do is look at what other multifamily operators are doing, right? There's so many people out there that are already in this business that are successfully running these businesses. Go and see what other people are doing. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Um, figure out what other people are doing that has worked well for them and mm-hmm. you know, replicate that wherever you can. Uh, one of my favorite processes that I've created for our business is um, how we manage our unit renovations. So I created a Kanban style board. If you're familiar with that, it's mm-hmm. um, it's like a workflow tool. Um, if you've ever used a system like Monday.com or Asana or Airtable, um, even you know software development tools have Kanban boards, and you can manage a lot of different variables of information in that board. And so we use that to manage our unit renovations. So our board will tell us. What are the units that have leases expiring in the next 30, 60, 90 days? We have automation set up. So when you know the lease expiration hits a certain trigger point, it moves to the next section of the board for us automatically. And then once uh, we start the process of renovating a unit, then we manually move those little information records to other sections of the board so we can track you know, is it in progress? Is it completed? What kind of phase of renovation is it in? You know, we track whether they're vacant or um, occupied units through that board as well. So um, it's really a great visual tool that both us and our property manager can use to see instantly see the status. Um, we've been using that for a couple of years on the property we have down in Tampa, Florida. And that board has been invaluable because now that we've, you know, we've renovated most of the units there, you know, some of them more than a year ago. And, you know, as we have tenant turnover, it's a great reference to look back and say, did we already renovate that unit? Or do we need to make sure we have the budget to do that? Because we haven't, that's a a unit that hasn't been turned yet. So having all of that data at our fingertips is a huge time saver. Got it. And you mentioned about the Florida, right? Uh, One of the properties in Florida. Um, So where are you investing right now for, you know, your company and personal lease? And why did you choose Florida as one of the market? Yes, we're in Tampa, Florida. Tampa has been a a very hot market for the past couple of years. It's on, um, you know, several lists of, you know, the hottest multifamily markets in the nation right now. Rent growth has been um, just through the roof. It was up to 20% a year or so ago. It's, it's calmed down a little bit now. It's, it's a, a little more stable than it used to be. But um, after the you know the couple of years coming out of COVID, rent growth in Tampa was just um, astronomical. Migration into Florida has really been immense as well. So there's just a huge demand for housing. Um and that's been pretty steady over the past three to four years. So mm-hmm. it's, it's provided a great opportunity for us to, to get in there and um, run that business. The other place we're focused on right now is Tulsa, Oklahoma. Might not be the first place you think of when you think about investing in real estate, but Tulsa actually has a very stable 
um, but steadily booming economy. There's a lot of major employers there, some manufacturers and technology, some education and some medical facilities as well. And between all of that, you know, it creates a really diverse um, employment sector. And um, there's a lot of, you know, great cultural things that attract a lot of people to the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. So we've been really excited about our investments there as well. That is awesome. And uh, Rochelle, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of market volatiles in the last, uh, you know, like a year and a half with the interest rate going up and down. And uh, what's your thought about multifamily assets in the uh, 2024 and or even upcoming in 2025? uh, What's your thought on that? You know, you can make money in any type of real estate market. It's really knowing the market conditions and having the right strategy and and the combination of those two is where you're going to where you're going to be successful. Um for example, right now we all know interest rates are higher than most of us would prefer they are. Um I know they've come down a little bit recently, but still higher than, you know, what we've been accustomed to the past decade. But with that, we've changed our strategy with how we're looking at properties. So we spend a lot of time underwriting properties at seven and a half and eight percent interest rates. And it was pretty clear to to see like those numbers just don't work, right? Mm-hmm. It's so hard to acquire a property at that interest rate and make the numbers work. So what we started focusing on was um, we've done a master lease strategy and we've also mm-hmm. done some loan assumptions. Mm-hmm. So one of the deals we're working on now, we're actually assuming it's a five property portfolio with five different loans, one for each property. And we're assuming all of that debt at the current interest rates, which are anywhere between three and a half to 4%. And there's enough life left on, on those loans that when we're finished renovating the units and ready to turn around and sell those in four to five years, there's still a couple years left on those loans that the next buyer could come in and assume the loan again and keep those low interest rates. So even if interest rates don't rebound back down to where we hope they would in that three and a half to 4% range over the next few years, these loan assumptions provide a lot of flexibility to buyers and sellers to be able to really maximize on those low interest rates for a long period of time. Got it. That's a really great strategy. So thank you so much, Rochelle, for sharing that. And also you mentioned that you invested, you know, like in real estate six years ago. And until now, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Have you uh, stepped away from your W2 yet? Or what is your goals and your company goals in the next you know, couple of years? Yeah, so haven't stepped away from the W2 yet, working on, on doing that. But um, we're really focusing on scalability right now. And Mm -hmm. not just on the multifamily side, but also on um, some of the smaller rentals that my husband and I do. We've got a couple different strategies that are creating short-term cash flow for us and long-term wealth. So um, we're focusing on those two aspects of income Mm -hmm. generation to move us forward. But one of the big things that's really impacted me over the course of the past six years is being able to provide affordable, safe, nice, clean, workable, functional housing to people. It's something some people really take for granted, Mm -hmm. but it's a necessity of life. And if there's not enough affordable housing out there, you know, people are going to struggle. So um, we've really been blessed to be able to provide this service to people. It's it's been, um, you know, something we've been very passionate about these past few years. 
That's awesome. And Rochelle, my last question for you is, if somebody wanted to be successful in a real estate investor like yourself, what is your recommendation? Uh, what would you have to tell them? Education is where it all starts. Um, you know, everyone that's in the multifamily business had to start somewhere and they started with education. So learn the business, talk to other people, network with people that are doing it. They can provide you a lot of tools and guidance and um, other connections and, and networks that you can get associated with. Um, also consider passive investing. Active mm. real estate investing is not for everybody. It's a <laughs> There's lot of work. so much truth to that. It is a lot of work. It's a ton of work. Um, and you you might love it and you might hate it. But if you don't like the active side of real estate investing, there's always the passive side. Become a, a lender and lend out funds that you have available or passively invest in apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to build generational wealth. So um, there's lots of options for real estate. There, you know, The possibilities are literally unlimited with what you can do with real estate. That's awesome. Rochelle, thank you so much for spending time with me today to talk to me about your real estate journey and how you know, our listener can get into their first investment using multiple creative financing uh, options, seller finance, or tap into their uh, you know, primary home equity uh, to do it, and also how to scale to a larger multifamilies investing, uh, and also you know, like which market to invest to and what to look out for in 2024 and how to be a, a good investor. So Rochelle, if our listener wanted to find out more about you, wanted to uh, or your business, or your company, or wanted to invest with you, or just to be friend with you in general, uh, where can they go? Sure. Yeah. So you can always find me on LinkedIn. That's a great place to connect with me. Um, my business website is resilienceequity.com, or you can find me through my personal brand at rochellemccoy.com. Awesome. Rochelle, thank you so much again for your times and all your uh, you know, like recommendations and suggestions uh, for our listeners. So we appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Layla. I appreciate you too. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.